It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. As you know, Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, tax-protected inheritance plans, new businesses, old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, FLPs, and we can represent those who are having problems from lack of planning, like guardianships, probate. And uh, we have two other attorneys with us at the firm now, Daniel Palmer and Alex Vollmer, and me. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with a prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. And thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, or failing to do your will. Please help Rick Hood with Affordable Health Insurance Agency and me give good information to the listeners about Medicare today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Rick Hood is with us, and uh, rather than me go on on and on, uh, we'll ask Rick to tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, well, thank you, Todd. First off, thank you for having me here today. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'm an independent insurance agent. I've been uh, practicing for 25 years. I got my license in 1995. And I've uh, been blessed to work at Affordable Health Insurance Agency now for just over six years. And I manage the store at the Allon HEB at the corner of Northwest Military Drive and Wurzbach Parkway. And uh, we're open there seven days a week, 10 to 7, um, well, 10 to 6 on Sunday. But, uh, so we're, help, uh, we're able to provide uh, people with valuable information to help them make the choice, whatever choice is right for them for their, for their health insurance. Because we're independent, we offer 
you know, coverage from all the top companies, and uh, we're able to just educate our clientele about what the choices are and let them make the best selection for them. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And you you also represent other insurance companies for like retirement planning and long-term care planning? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Yes, uh, we do. I do life insurance and annuity is what I specialize in as well as health insurance. And so, uh, you know, contracted with over 50 companies uh, to provide the best solutions again for whatever the client situation is. Okay, good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I think we'll spend a lot of time today talking about Medicare, why is that? <laughs> it's a very complicated system. It's a good system, uh, but it takes a lot. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to learn. Uh, you know, the common phrase is the a, B, A's, B's, C's, and D's of Medicare uh, because those are the four primary parts. But each of those gets very intricate. And um, it's, it's a confusing issue for the client, but our job is to try to get uh, as much information to the client as possible without overwhelming them. Uh, but to give them as much information to make, let them make uh, whatever choice is right for them. It's all about the client. Uh, at AHIA, Affordable Health Insurance Agency, our, say, our saying there is it's all about family. And so that's what we try to treat each client like family. I've and, heard the song. Yeah, you the, heard the, the jingle. jingle. Yeah, right. exactly. It's, it's catchy. And uh, um, our regional sales manager there, Tim Allen, has, uh, has kind of coined the phrase of always be caring and uh, and I add on to that, always be sharing. So we're always trying to be caring about our clients and always be sharing in our knowledge of the different products and what's available to see what fits best for each, each individual client as far as their risk management goes. Good. So what made you so passionate about health insurance and life insurance and retirement planning and long-term care? Well, you know, I guess seeing the need for it uh, with friends and families over the years. Uh, I mean, uh, many, many years ago, a good friend of mine, Don Harrell, is the one that got me into the business. And, um, it, you know, he and I were talking one day, and, and uh, he was talking about all the money that he spent on insurance every month. And I go, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. It's just crazy, you know. I mean, it's, uh, and, and it's worse now than it was then uh, due to our age and just the changes over the years as well. Uh, but that was initially where we got the idea of like, well, maybe we should be in this business because it's so confusing. People are always going to need help uh, explaining. You know, they're always going to need some assistance in knowing which direction to go because everybody else is busy doing their own thing, running their own business or working for somebody, whatever, doing their job. And nobody has time to become an expert in the areas of Medicare or long-term care or health insurance or whatever. So it makes, more, it makes sense to have somebody that you could turn to, and we just wanted to be that trusted source of information and, uh, and, and be able to help people. I mean, that truly is our goal. Yeah, we're glad there's people like you out there because there people like me uh, don't want to spend all day trying to figure it out exactly nobody wants to it's it's not a very entertaining subject and uh and i tell everybody i'll just make it as quick and painless as possible but i still have to get a certain amount of information relayed to them so that they can make the right choice so i I just try to streamline that as much uh, or as little as they want some people come in and they want to spend all day talking about it and if that's fine too they want to know uh, how the clock is made, so to speak, not what time it is. So mm-hmm. we try to accommodate uh, each individual uh, however they prefer to uh, 
you know, however they prefer to work. So tell me more about how the Medicare insurance industry is regulated. What, what did you have to go through to get the knowledge and, and the ability to offer your services to the public? Well, it's very highly regulated, and, and for good reason. I, I guess over the years there was some abuse uh, years ago. Uh, and There's still always some degree of fraud, waste, and abuse in the, mm-hmm. in the industry. But for the most part, I think it's very clean from an agent's perspective these days. But in addition to having your Group 1 license, you've got to certify for Medicare uh, if uh, particularly if you want to uh, provide Part C, which are, or, or Part D, that's where the regulation really gets tough. And the Part C is the Medicare Advantage plans, and Part D are the prescription drug plans. So if you get into that arena, uh, you have to certify each year. You have to get your uh, American Health Insurance Program certification to to sell each year. And then you have to go to each company that you want to represent, and you have to certify individually with each of the companies each year. So it, it really is tough to be an independent agent. Um, I know I've been a captive agent before, part of my career. That's where I started. And um, it was much easier in some respects because you have one company that you have to represent and and mm-hmm. uh, but then it is very difficult because certain amount of the people you see that that shoe's not going to fit for them necessarily right. so um with the uh, being an independent agent it's much more difficult but it's easier when you sit down with the client because you know you're going to have something that they're going to like it's just a matter of finding which which shoe works, so to speak. So, uh, but it does take time to get that uh, certification each year and a lot of effort on the independent agents. Good. You're well qualified. And if you're joining us, I, I forgot to mention it enough times. This is Todd Marquardt with Talk Law Radio on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And uh, I have a top 10 list that I'm going to talk about after we take a quick break. Um, but I only have eight. And so I'm asking the audience today to help me with the other two. If you call in with something unique and interesting to add to my eight to make the top ten, I'll give the first caller a Google smart speaker. So stay tuned after the break and we'll look at that top ten. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. We have Rick Hood with Affordable Health Insurance Agency talking about Medicare and other health insurance today. And before the break, I was just letting you know that I have a top 10, um, but really I only could think of eight things. And so if you help me with the other two, the first caller who gives me something interesting 
uh, to add to that list will give you a Google Smart Speaker. So my top 10, Rick, is turning 65 milestones. These are things that I see of people, what they do when they turn 65. And what's the, the number one thing? Medicare. Yeah, that's yeah. when you're eligible to apply. Right. But actually, it's uh, four months before that, I think. Yeah, three months before the month of your birthday when you turn 65, and then three months after. Oh, okay. T- typically the enrollment period, the initial election period. And if you don't, then they penalize you. Uh, yes, if you don't, and if you don't have other creditable coverage. If you're still working for an employer, uh, for instance, and you want to continue your employer's coverage, uh, then you're good with that. Then you can delay enrollment. Uh, you need to check with the HR department on that because most times you'll the depends on the company's group plans, but most times they'll want you to go ahead and enroll in Part A, but delay your Part B. Okay, and uh, that that. Changes depending on the employer, the group plan. Um, I always send people to their HR department for a recommendation on that. But as long as you have creditable coverage, then when you do retire, ultimately, you won't be penalized. Oh, okay. Otherwise, if you don't, if you then, yes, you will be penalized uh, uh, down the line. And it's not a huge penalty, but the penalty does go on. Uh, for the rest of your life, once you right. you know, once you um, establish uh, your your part B and D. I just uh, realized that I didn't give anybody the phone number to call in. Oh, so I need your help thinking of uh, turning sixty five milestones, and you can call us at two one zero three zero eight 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 six seven to give me some ideas. Uh, I need two more. Uh, the next one is sometimes people retire at age 65. I know that they they could work longer than that. They could retire before that. But I see a lot of people trying to find a good even number to, to go with, like age 65. And another one I, I hear is, um, well, since I'm retiring, that's when I'm going to get my affairs in order, like my last will, living trust, or tax-protected inheritance plan. Some people, because they're retiring, will sell their business. Mm -hmm. Others will start a new business. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some retirees, they say, uh, I'm going to stop working for the man and start working for myself. I hear that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Uh, Another one is investing in the business your son or daughter started. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, the, the children might be of that age. And uh, along with retiring, what do a lot of retirees like to do? Travel. Travel, yes. Mm -hmm. Travel the United States, travel the world. I have met a few people this year who sold everything, and they will move to different cities for some period of time until they get tired of it. You Mm -hmm. know, they'll Mm -hmm. get a furnished apartment or they'll buy a house of course that's a longer term venture but then um, they really don't have anything tying them down like a job or um, children to feed clothe and send to school so i see that quite a bit now yeah and then number eight is i see a lot of retirees trying to find something to do with their time and so they'll start collecting stamps paintings or firearms or or something else 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm li- I'm looking for a listener to give me an idea for the ninth or 10th uh, turning 65 milestones. Give us a call at 210-308-8867. If you're the first one with a good idea, I will give you a Google smart speaker so that you can listen to me on the radio. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get into Medicare. I always like to start with the history of it, Rick. So in uh, Social Security was started in 1935. And 30 years later, in 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed Medicare, the health insurance program for elderly Americans, into law. And interesting enough, uh, President Harry Truman was the first Medicare beneficiary. He got the first Medicare card. Yeah. Uh, Johnson wanted to recognize Truman, who in 1945 had been the first president to propose national health insurance, uh, which was opposed by Congress at the time. Mm-hmm. What am I leaving out, Rick? Anything interesting about the history of it? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, it was, the rest is history, as, so the, as, as they say. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, part D came along a little bit later. That was Part A and B of Medicare. Right. Part C and D came along a little bit later um, and came into play, and that's been a— uh, that is the, the highly regulated part that I was speaking of earlier, the Part C and the Part D. Uh, right, because that's when private business gets involved, right? Yeah, it's essentially like privatized um, Medicare. So what's happening is the you, you still have your Part A and your Part B of Medicare, but uh, you're you're electing for one year intervals at a, one year at a time for other companies to do the administration of that Part A and Part B. Mm-hmm. And so the Advantage plans, you know, people ask me all the time, what's the Advantage? And uh, it, it, generally speaking, <clears throat> they provide uh, a little bit more coverage in the areas of like dental, vision, and hearing because original Medicare is very limited there. Right. Um, so you can get a little bit more from your uh, from an Advantage plan in that area. So, but there's a give and take. You know, yeah. So. Let's go back one step to what what does. A and B cover. Yeah, so Part A is your hospitalization, and it uh, it covers. Uh, there's a deductible for that uh, each year. That changes. It goes up a little bit each year, and uh, you, when uh, your regular Part A covers for the first sixty days after you meet that deductible, and then there's a copayment per day for days sixty-one through ninety. And then another one for days 91 through 150. And after 150 days, it... it, uh, Well, God bless. We don't want to be in the hospital that long. Right, right. Nobody does. And rarely are, you know, most people usually aren't, but it does happen occasionally. So Mm -hmm. uh, you'll find in that area a little bit more coverage is provided by some of the Advantage plans as well. And um, Part B is your medical insurance. So that's the doctors and the outpatient services and that sort of thing. Um, part B operates very much like an 80, 20 plan, like, a like, you know, like the old group cover, some group coverages still today. A lot of them have that. Um, but back in the day before the affordable care act, it, an 80, 20 plan was very common on the individual side as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, uh, once you meet a deductible on that as well, it's an annual deductible on that. It's $198, uh, 
um, per year right now, currently the deductible is. I should have mentioned on the Part A hospitalization, <clears throat> that deductible is, is a benefit period, so it only goes from 60 days when you enter the hospital for, to the 60th day. And then after that, if you enter the hospital 61 days later, then you're going to hit that deductible again. Oh, yeah. Well, year. there's lots of exceptions. Yeah, yeah. So, But uh, the $198 deductible on the Medicare Part B uh, side for, for the medical is annual. And then it operates like an 80-20 plan. The difference between that and, say, the group coverage plans that are 80-20 is that they usually have a cap or a maximum out of pocket. And Medicare, original Medicare, does not have that. So that 20% that that is the client's, uh, that's their responsibility. Right. If they have a medical bill that runs into $100,000 or more, you know, that 20% can add up significantly and there's no cap on it. So wow. that's why most people look at either a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan because both are both will provide some sort of cap and it varies depending on the type of coverage uh, okay. that they select. Okay, so speaking of caps, let me just recap uh, to... <laughs> Let the make sure the listeners are following. Uh, by the way, it's Todd Marquardt on Talk Law Radio. This is 9.30 a.m. The Answer with Rick Hood with Affordable Health Insurance Agency talking about Medicare. So Medicare Part A is for hospitalization. Mm-hmm. Um, also could be uh, rehab following a hospital stay. Correct. Skilled nursing care, right? Right, yeah. like yep. if if you break a hip, you go to the hospital. They they make sure that the the hip is set so that it can heal, and then they send you to skilled rehab so that you can get your strength back. Mm-hmm. And Medicare pays for part of that, right? Yeah, generally speaking, they'll pay for the first twenty days if you're in a hospital for three full days prior to that, and if you need skilled care, as, as the name implies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if your condition is continually improving and they can document that or if it's improving on a daily basis or likely to improve, then Medicare will cover the first 20 days. And then after that, there's a copay for the next 80 days. And beyond that, Medicare ceases. So that's why people look into the area of long-term care. After the 100 days is really where it becomes an issue of long-term care. Right. And that's a separate line of insurance. Uh-huh. So, that uh, you have to qualify for before you get sick. Exactly. Uh, it's not like Medicare where there's an open enrollment period each year or there's a period in your life when you'd like when you turn around, uh, seven months around mm-hmm. the, the age of 65 where you're guaranteed issue. Uh, I guess people care. have asked you these questions before. Uh, yeah, uh, just a <laughs> few times, yeah. <laughs> so long-term care insurance, though, is something that you have to qualify for. And usually the people that really want it oftentimes sometimes are, don't qualify because they can sort of see the writing on the wall. So long-term care is something that's better done way ahead of time. The younger you are, the better you are, the cheaper the rate, and the greater the chance that you're going to qualify. Well, maybe we should put that on the list, the top ten. You can do that, yeah. Look into long-term care insurance, see if you want it, see if you can qualify for it, see Mm -hmm. if you can afford the premium. Absolutely, if you haven't already done so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The other thing that I remembered that Part A covers is if you go to the hospital and you come home, Mm -hmm. then they'll pay for, like, home health for a period of time. Yeah, so the home health care, yes, um, is actually, that's 
paid mostly under Part B. Um, there is some uh, some overlap there, if, okay. if you would. Uh, but yeah, they will pay for some home health care. Again, the stipulation there is that it has to be, uh, number one, you have to have been in the hospital and you have to uh, need skilled care. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of misleading. Uh, they don't mean for it to be that way, but home health care is a very, very broad term. Right. Medicare covers very, very limited home health care. Uh, I mean, really following almost Following a hospital following stay. Following a hospital stay, exactly like the example you gave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to, that's skilled care. That's for a nurse to come out, you know, one or two hours, a couple of days a week and mm-hmm. follow up, change bandages on a wound or maybe uh, uh, administer some medication, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. The custodial level care that most people think of when you hear home care, uh, you know, the day-to-day activities of the laundry and, the, uh, you know, doing the, you know. Provider care. Provider yeah. care, yeah, is not covered under Medicare uh, at all unless, unless, in some circumstances under Medicaid, if you're very, very uh, if you're impoverished and, right. and can qualify for certain benefits. Okay, there. well, thank you for clearing that up. We have to take another short break. When we come back, we'll get into uh, the C's and D's of uh, original Medicare, and then we'll probably talk about Advantage plans and supplements. So stay with us uh, to learn more about Medicare on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt here on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Thank you, Todd. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. On 9.30 a.m. The Answer, I'm here with Rick Hood, who works with Affordable Health Insurance Agency, And he's here helping us to understand health insurance and more specifically Medicare. Before the break, uh, I was talking about my top ten list. Uh, Now it's up to nine of uh, milestones that happen when you turn 65. And I just wanted to give some statistics for those people that like statistics about people that are 65 or older. Um... I read that those born after World War II from 1946 to 1964, um, those are the baby boomers, right? Correct. Yes. Well, it said that the oldest ba- baby boomers are going to turn 74. <laughs> Just interesting yeah. information. Yeah. You don't think uh, Since 2010, there's been 10,000 baby boomers a day turning 65. Right. Exactly. You knew that? I, I knew that. That was actually part of what attracted us to the business in the beginning yeah, with uh, uh, Don and myself, you know, because we saw those statistics and we go, wow, this is a booming market, mm-hmm. baby boomers. Right. We're baby boomers. So uh-huh. uh, it just made sense. And yeah, yeah. So then by 2030, um, all of the baby boomers, even the younger ones, will be at least 65. Right. And there's an estimated 73 million baby boomers out there right now amazing right that's a lot yeah okay so if you have a suggestion uh for my top 10 milestones for people turning 65 give us a call right now today on october the 3rd at 210-308-8867 that's 
308-8867, and I'll give you a Google Smart Speaker. Okay, Rick, tell us about um, the difference between Advantage plans and Supplement plans. Uh, okay, well, so supplement plans are the ones that have been around the longest. Uh, they came out uh, just after Medicare in, in 1965, original Medicare, Part A and B. They're also referred to as Medigap insurance. So if you hear that terminology, that's what they're, that's what they're talking about uh, because they fill in the gaps for Medicare. And uh, the supplement plans, uh, they're uh, 10 plans that were laid out by the government initially, uh, and that can it, there can be a whole conversation in and of itself um, because there are plans A through N that are available. Uh, most of the time with most of my clients, I talk about primarily two plans now. Uh, it used to be the plan F was the Cadillac plan, and it would cover everything that Medicare um, you know, was approved by Medicare, but mm-hmm. it didn't cover. And they eliminated Plan F for new enrollees in January of this year. So we kind of pivoted to the Plan G, covers everything except the $198 deductible. Uh, everything is Medicare approved, but that not covered. So um, I, I like to tell people that the Medicare supplement plans are more expensive because there's a monthly premium mm-hmm. for them. They're more expensive on a monthly basis, but they're more comprehensive in terms of the medical side of the coverage. Whereas the Advantage plans are less expensive monthly. There's a lower premium or sometimes zero premium, but they are uh, less comprehensive in that there's always gonna be a copayment, generally speaking, when you go to doctors or specialists or hospitals, that sort of thing. The, The Advantage plans, though, the exception to that is that the Advantage plans are slightly more complicated, as I mentioned before, when it comes to dental or vision or hearing. So, because uh, that's an area that original Medicare doesn't really, uh, wasn't designed to cover on a, uh, you know, paying oh. for eyeglasses and right, dentures right. and that sort of thing. Okay. I think we have a caller. <clears throat> yes, this is Terry. Terry, you're live on the air on Talk Law Radio. Thank you for calling. Yeah, you're welcome. Great information. I'm actually turning 65 on Tuesday, so it's very timely. Congratulations. Uh, very t- yeah. yeah, thank you. I think that's congratulations, and I made it this far anyway. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. My question is basically, um, you know, as you said, a lot of people can be traveling, and some people can be relocating stuff. I'm looking at maybe once I, you know, turn 65 and stuff, applying for Medicare, but I'm wondering how that will affect if I decide to move out of the United States, because as you mentioned, a lot of people are traveling and stuff like that. I was thinking once I retire here soon, maybe leaving the United States for half the year, up to six months and live in a foreign country, how could I still collect the Medicare and how would that work? Or do I have to reside in the United States 100% of the time? So I was just wondering how that would work. Good Ooh, question. Very good question, Terry. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of a tough one. It depends. Um, so Medicare, generally speaking, isn't designed to operate outside the United States other than in sometimes, you know, emergency type situations. Uh, it's, it's, it's really designed for to be inside the United States. Um, when people are traveling a lot, um, uh, as a, as a general rule within the United States or outside the United States, I typically tend to educate them more on the supplement side because it does have a little bit more freedom. 
uh, and you know there's an additional premium there. But uh, you would probably definitely want to have you definitely want to have Medicare. I assume when you retire, you, you, I think you indicated you're still working. So once you retire, you definitely want to do Medicare and look at probably a supplement, but then maybe purchase some uh, foreign travel type of insurance. And some of that is really very, very inexpensive. You'd be surprised how cheap it is. Uh, some of the carriers have very comprehensive coverage that specifically you have to have the Medicare first, um, and then it kind of coordinates with it to provide additional care while you're traveling. And, and that's what I would recommend looking into. Thank you for the mm. question, Terry. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. Okay, thanks. Okay, Rick. So I knew that, uh, or I heard somewhere that if you're traveling, that uh, you might want that Medigap supplemental insurance policy. Mm-hmm. What is it about it that makes that useful when you're traveling? Well, it's generally speaking, it's more portable because there's not a network. Uh, now, the exception to that is a lot of the Advantage plans are coming out with national networks now. So they're, they know that that's an area over the years that traditionally people have opted for the supplemental coverage. And a lot of the Advantage plans are trying to make up the difference with that now. And they have some very good national networks, some of the, some of the carriers do. So they, you might say they're neck and neck now. But, uh, but the reason with the supplement, uh, just right off out of the gate, I normally start with that if somebody says they travel a lot, mm-hmm. is because there is no network. They can see any doctor anywhere in the United States that accepts Medicare, and their supplement is going gonna, is gonna to pick up the difference, to, depending on which supplement they select. Uh, is going to pick up uh, whatever extent of uh, the, the okay. balance of the coverage that they prefer. So it gives them portability. Yeah. Um, but again, there are Medicare Advantage plans out there that have national networks now, so that they essentially are providing about the same type of benefit. Um, it's getting you know competition's a good thing, and that's what's right. that's what's going on in that in that market. Uh, so. so some of the other questions that you probably ask people about when you're when you're trying to figure out which plan might be best for them mm-hmm. are, are health questions, maybe. Well, um, yeah, I, when they're turning sixty five or just coming into Medicare, uh, they they don't uh, we don't even ask any health questions. They're guaranteed issue. Or like in the case with our caller, when he leaves his group plan, uh, Mm -hmm. he's going to have the same opportunity, a guaranteed issue type of plan. So um, I tell them they don't have to provide any health information, but if they want to, uh, for me, it it, it makes it easier because I can try to help them see the benefits maybe down the line if they have a serious condition and it's likely to require extensive care down the line, then they might want to look at a more comprehensive plan, you know, initially, because you only have that guaranteed issue. It's a once in a lifetime guaranteed issue period where it revolves around your 65th birthday, like we discussed before, the three months before the month of and three months after, uh, unless you delay the enrollment. Yeah. I thought that there was a formulary for certain plans where 
this plan would cover these medications and, and that plan covers those medications? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The different plans have different. Now that's in part D, Okay. <clears throat> the prescription drug coverage. So the, each plan has their own formulary and they have a set number of tiers on that formulary. And depending on what drugs they take then uh, and what tiers they land on within the formulary, hopefully they're on the formulary. Sometimes they're not, in which case they wouldn't be covered. But it, it, um, I always tell people the same thing. You know, I'm an independent agent. I don't work for the government or CMS or Medicare or anything like that. And you don't have to provide this information. But if you do, it, it allows me to give you more comprehensive details for your particular situation. Mm -hmm. And most people provide their prescription drug information. We have a tool that we use that we can input that, uh, and, and it will allow us to see what the least expensive plans are out oh. there for the client, because that's a nightmare to do that. Let me tell you, I mean, it's hard to, it's difficult to do. And you can do it on Medicare.gov. The individuals can do it themselves if they want to on Medicare.gov. I'm always happy to educate them as how they can do it, but I have a proprietary tool that, at Affordable Health Insurance Agency that we use that allows us to do, um, you know, to be able to sort that. Well, that's uh, valuable filter. information to save somebody time and the grief of having to try and figure out something on their own Yep. Uh, because you've been trained, uh, you know how that uh, software works and you can get it done faster and uh, that would be a big help, I know, to some of the seniors I know. Uh, we have to take one more break, and then we'll come back and talk about legacy, and we'll talk about other health insurance, like through Affordable Care Act. Uh, so stay tuned with Talk Law Radio. Thank you, Todd. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Our court law firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. We're here discussing Medicare with Rick Hood, who works with Affordable Health Insurance Agency, also known as AHIA. Uh, so another new thing that Rick was telling me about is a change this year where uh, those with end-stage renal disease are going to be covered. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, we just, we're just learning about this ourselves uh, through the training this year. Um, this is going to be 2021. And my understanding is it's going to be the first year that uh, uh, clients are going to be able to switch a plan. Uh, traditionally, before... If somebody developed end-stage renal disease and, and they were on a plan, uh, a Medicare supplement plan or an Advantage plan, they were sort of stuck where they were at. Uh, now, it's going to be the same with the supplement plans. The supplement plans, uh, you know, if they're on a supplement plan, honestly, they're in good shape 
whatever company they're with, if they're on a supplement plan, because I guarantee you that supplement and Medicare are paying out way more money than they could ever come close to paying in premiums in their lifetime. So they're in good shape as long as they've got a supplement. But if they're on an Advantage plan before this year, uh, they were not able to to switch plans. And uh, my understanding is this year they're going to have mobility amongst the plans and so be, have a little freedom to shop like everybody else. So that's great because before that was the only health question that we ever had to ask is, do you have in-stage renal disease? Oh. And thankfully, most people are able to answer that with a, with a what is that? Or especially right. if you say, uh, you know, ESRD. You know, right. Uh, that they don't know what it is. And that, that's a good thing because, you know, it's not a pleasant process. Uh, uh, I know my father went through that, and it's it's a it's a tough situation. It's tough on the family, and it's tough on the individual mostly. So, if you don't know what end stage renal disease is, uh, I didn't know, but I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. It's when uh, kidney function is uh, not functioning, and um, the body needs help eliminating waste. Right. Um, with end-stage renal disease, they say usually you need dialysis or a kidney transplant to stay alive. Correct. Yeah. In most cases, that's it. And and the transplants are hard to get the older you get. Mm-hmm. And that's usually when the, the end-stage renal div- disease develops is, you know, at older ages. So they just kind of wear out. They're fil- your body's filters and they right. sort of wear out. So I have some more statistics uh, the CDC says that 15% of U.S. adults, that's 37 million people, are estimated to have chronic kidney disease. Wow. Yeah. Did not know that. M- most people, 9 out of 10, don't know they have it. Right. Yeah. And 1 in 2 people with a very low kidney function are not on dialysis, you hmm. know, and they probably should be. So uh, this is something that we should all look for. And and so the CDC says that risk factors to look for are high blood pressure uh, and diabetes. Mm -hmm. Or um, it might be in your family history. So uh, just watch out for that and ask your doctor uh, if that's something that you should be concerned about. Okay. Absolutely. Um, we've been talking a lot about Medicare and of course there's more information, mm-hmm. right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we could talk about it all day probably, yeah. but I also wanted to, uh, hear about what's going on with affordable care act, which is available for people of all ages. It is. Yeah, it is available. Uh, it's still the law of the land in terms of health coverage. And um, there's no more requirement. Uh, President Trump removed the personal mandate requiring people to purchase the insurance. So um, nobody's required to buy it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, uh, the penalty for it technically is zero. Uh, so it's still there, but it's zero. So, uh, but for those who want to shop, the good news is, um, is in Bear County, uh, in this area right here, we've got at least a couple more carriers this year. So there's more choices to choose from. And again, competition being a good thing, hopefully that's going to um, adjust the prices accordingly. I, I've, they've not released any rates uh, to us at this point in time. They don't usually release those until later in the month of October because open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act begins November 1st and it goes through December 15th. And so now for Medicare, 
um, annual election period, or AEP, starts, it, it technically started October 1st, but you can't actually enroll anyone until the 5th, uh, uh, 15th of October. Oh, okay. So it goes from October 15th all the way through to December 7th, but the rates are already there and we know what the plans are and we can discuss the plans now. It's just that nobody can enroll in a, uh, in a, a Medicare plan uh, through AEP between October. Uh, until October 15th. Until so if December somebody's 7th. interested in maybe signing up or changing, mm-hmm. they can find you at the Elan. Yes, correct. Our, our retail insurance store is there at the Elan uh, Market, which is at Northwest Military Highway and Wurzbach Parkway. And uh, again, we're there seven days a week, 10 to 7, well, 10 to 6 on, sat, on Sunday, but 10 to 7 every other day. And, okay. Uh, he also has a north side and a south side office um, that are that are open as well in uh, north side office on San Pedro, and, right? Uh, and on the south side as well, in case anybody's you know okay interested. Yeah, and they can find those locations by looking at Google Maps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do anyway. <laughs> Just Google Affordable Health Insurance Agency. You'll find it. Okay. Um, You know, Marquardt Law Firm sponsors the show, and we focus on estate planning, and so I always like to talk about legacy, and uh, the the legacy that I'm thinking about um, for my family recently is uh, how they're going to remember me. Now, you could leave a fistful of cash, you know, through life insurance or retirement plans, or you could leave... Uh, the family ranch or the family farm, um, and, and that way uh, there's assets and property that gets passed down through the family. Um, but there's also family values. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the stories that get passed down from one generation to the next. And uh, I'll just share a story that uh, started with my grandfather, uh, my dad's dad. He said um, that you should always stay away from the three white poisons. Not cocaine. (laughs) He said the three white poisons were sugar, Sugar. salt, and flour. Flour. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because uh, they they can cause high blood pressure and Uh diabetes. Uh And uh, so in in his house, uh, he didn't have soda like... Coke and Pepsi, um, but my, my grandmother, his wife, she would say, "Here, I, I've got a Sprite over here that I'll share with you." Yeah, <laughs> grandmothers are like that. Yeah, sometimes they are. That's true. So the the health, staying healthy, kind of runs in the family. Uh, my dad has tried to pass that on to my brother and me um, by. By uh, we have these competition weigh-ins to see how we're doing health-wise, and and my dad's been winning lately, and I asked him, "What are you eating?" And his one-word reply was apples. Wow, an apple a day, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he must be eating several a day. <laughs> I think there's a lot of truth to that, though. Yeah, yeah. the strategy I'm using now is. Um, if you eat things that you don't like, mm-hmm. you'll eat far less of it. <laughs> and it's probably better for you. <laughs> yeah, so I've been eating a lot of broccoli and carrots. 
So tell us, Rick, what would you say you you want your legacy to be? Well, uh, you know, it's interesting you bring that up, Todd, because the my grandfather and father always had uh, the saying that you dig your grave with your knife, your fork, and your spoon. Oh, and that wow. kind of goes that. along the same lines, you know, uh, and it's and it's very true if you think about it. You know, what we eat is the uh, and and of course how we uh, how how much action we have, how much movement we have can can play a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so is but, Preston following that? Well, style? Preston follows it much better than I do. <laughs> yeah, he does very good. He does very good. My dad used to always say um, his goal every day was to accomplish one constructive thing every day, every day of his life, no matter how how minor or you know or how major. You know, sometimes some days it's major, some days it's minor. It just depends. And so as a family, we've kind of added on to that. And we say we try to accomplish one constructive day, thing every day in terms of helping somebody. So oh. our goal is always, and, and it's easy through work, you know, for me, it's very easy. But uh, to always uh, live every day to, to be able to help someone else in some way, in some capacity, in a constructive way. And so each of us tries to do that. Yeah, at, thank at, you at for times. sharing that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think helping somebody get a, the right Medicare type benefits that that's going to ease their stress in having to choose it, but it also could save their life. It could. I mean, it, in terms of uh, well, in many ways, but it, just in terms of stress. I mean, that's what insurance is really about—peace of mind. And so, if you can fit the right piece in the puzzle and you provide the right coverage for the client, they get peace of mind, and uh, that's really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know. True. Yeah. So if you're turning 65, remember we have the, uh, the the top 10 things that I've noticed that retirees do when they turn 65. Um, signing up for Medicare, maybe you retire, um, but get your last will, living trust, or estate plan in order uh, because that will reduce chaos at the time of disability, incapacity, or death. And it will help improve family harmony because at, at the time that somebody passes away, that's when uh, people are grieving. Mm-hmm. And it's not a time to argue about uh, which casket or uh, who gets the diamond ring or who gets daddy's tools. If you have all that in writing so that it's enforceable, then it should be really easy for everybody to just follow and that way your wishes are what's followed and, and not something written by the state of Texas. Exactly. And if you're selling a business or starting a new business or investing in a business that your relative, your son or daughter or grandchild is starting, you might want to contact a, a lawyer. So you've been listening to... Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. We've been discussing Medicare and health insurance with Rick Hood. Uh, Thank you for joining us. And uh, later on this month, we will be talking with uh, Attorney Daniel Palmer about uh, expunctions and non-disclosures for those who have uh, had run-ins with the law. Um, so that'll be something to look out for. And uh, if you're out there getting ready for deer season, I'm with you. Um, so 
on Saturdays at 11 o'clock. Tune in to Talk Law Radio. Thanks. Thank you, Todd.